What's happening guys? Sam Adams here and welcome to a brand new episode of Cabinet today for April the 22nd of 2019. My name is Samuel Adams and welcome to today's show. Of course, if you are brand new, if this is your first time watching, this is a daily gaming news podcast in which I bring you the gaming news from around the industry and I pack it up in one tight, neat package for you to enjoy. Now you might be noticing we have a very vibrant purple shirt on today because uh, it's Easter Monday, I suppose. And so we might as well go ahead and use this as an excuse to actually wear this shirt for once. Uh, but again, welcome in. And today's stories are pretty light, I would say, as you can tell by today's headline. Uh, we now have a somewhat confirmation of GTA 6, which why wouldn't there be a GTA 6? However, that is our headline story of the day because a resume has reflected some work on GTA 6. Now, on top of that, China has some brand new gaming rules that actually ban gambling and blood. Who would have thought something like that coming from China? Fortnite and PUBG are now banned in Iraq. Epic has banned over 1,200 Fortnite World Cup participants, which uh, just goes to show how rampant cheating is in that worldwide hip. Castlevania's anniversary collection is going to be coming down the pipe soon, and it has one unreleased gem, at least unreleased in a sort of kind of way, because it was released in Japan, but we'll talk more about that. Documentary Raising Kratos is going to chronicle God of War's development on PlayStation's official YouTube channel. And finally, I have a free game for you guys. At least it's free for two weeks. You can get in on some Street Fighter V if that is something you would be interested in. But that rounds out today's show, and I do hope you enjoy it. But without further ado, let's go ahead and break down today's top gaming news. Former Rockstar Games employee accidentally leaks GTA 6 development details. GTA fans have been eagerly awaiting for any kind of notice for Rockstar Games' inevitable follow-up to their 2013 title hit, making any kind of leak for the yet-to-be-announced title a welcome surprise. Now, eagle-eyed fans of the franchise have spotted some evidence that Rockstar Games is indeed making headway on the next entry to their legendary Grand Theft Auto franchise. A 3D artist seemed to have listed previous experience on their resume that strongly suggested he worked with the creators of Grand Theft Auto on the next iteration of the game. His resume says he worked at the Rockstar Games India Studio as a junior vehicle artist from December 2017 to April of 2018. The description for his work leaves little to interpretation, as it read, Create concept vehicles matching with real world for GTA 5 DLC and upcoming GTA 6. The entry on his resume has since been deleted since the image made its way across the internet upon being discovered. And so, of course, you ask, how does a leak like this happen, etc., etc., NDAs, uh, you know, that kind of spiel. However, I don't even know why this is something that is blowing people's minds. Of course, I suppose it does act as a pretty good place marker to say, hey, this is where we are in the development of Grand Theft Auto 6. It is being developed currently. It isn't being, you know, conceptualized. It's at least getting some stuff down on paper, so to speak. Uh, but again, this is something that is inevitable because Grand Theft Auto 5 is one of the biggest games of all time. It sold incredibly well. Uh, so if you ever see an article speculating, hey, Grand Theft Auto 6 could be coming down the pipe. Here's some leaked details about Grand Theft Auto 6. Yes, it's going to be coming. And of course, leaks could happen. However, just take everything you read with a grain of salt. That being said, very exciting. And so when could we be seeing Grand Theft Auto 6? 
Uh, not any time before the next generation of consoles, without a doubt. Because Grand Theft Auto V, in and of itself, uh, branched. It, it, it made a bridge between the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 generation, and completely and totally came into its own on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, bringing a slew of brand new features on top of stuff like GTA Online. And so, whenever you are considering how the next Grand Theft Auto is going to shape out, I think I'm going to approach it uh, not necessarily from a game on a console perspective, but a game for this console generation's perspective. Uh, this next GTA is likely going to be the Grand Theft Auto that we play throughout the entire life cycle of the PlayStation 5 and whatever the next Xbox may become. Uh, so, of course, incredibly exciting times. Uh, we all love speculating about gaming news, and of course, to be able to see any kind of concrete information about GTA 6 is nice, uh, but now the only concrete development details that we know is the fact that, hey, it has cars in it, which, whoa, you know, mind-boggling in and of itself. Uh, but nonetheless, pretty exciting stuff, and I thought that I would mention it on today's episode of Caffeinate because, hey, it was a very slow news weekend considering everybody was out of town for Easter and what have you. However, China has some new gaming rules that prohibit blood and gambling that could have implications for the industry as a whole. The good news for gaming companies is that China has started approving titles again. The bad news is that it has unveiled new rules that will see certain categories banned and the number of games capped. Three types of popular games will no longer be allowed. Mahjong and poker, titles based on China's imperial past, and games that feature blood or corpses. The reason? China's nation's, or excuse me, the nation's newly anointed gaming authority, the State Administration of Press and Publication, is concerned about violence and gambling addiction among young people. Gaining access to China's gaming market, the largest in the world, can be a windfall for developers. However, the government decided to stop approving new games for fear of youth corruption, political reasons, and more. The banning of poker and mahjong titles will likely have the greatest effect, as nearly 37% of titles approved in 2017 fell into that category. On top of that, developers must introduce anti-addiction systems for games, said Chinese developer Nico Partners. And so, blood in games was already banned, but developers were able to get around that by changing the blood color to, say, green. Now, however, all colors of blood are verboten. Meanwhile, games that fall into Gongdo, Harem Scheme, and Gandao Royal Palace categories are also banned. I don't know what those are, but so you know. For those, officials are reportedly worried about political metaphors and content considered to be obscene. To help enforce the new rules, the government formed the Online Game Ethics Committee last year to check the titles were healthy and beneficial and addressed social concerns. Late last year, the government approved a small batch of games, but rejected many and required changes in others, with few getting the all-clear without conditions. Large developers like Tencent and NetEase, which operate games like PUBG, Monster Hunter World, World of Warcraft, and Overwatch locally, will have no problem meeting the new rules, a local dev told TechCrunch. However, smaller devs will likely have a more difficult time with the rules. Now, These rules could also affect markets elsewhere, too. Any foreign developers who want to get into the profitable market might have to roll back any violent or addicted content, for instance. The good news is that at least developers know what they're dealing with, as China's approval process was highly opaque before. The regulator said that it will now work through a backlog and expects to approve fewer than 5,000 games, according to Nico. And so this is a very uh, interesting story that has been building up for a while. Of course, we've been talking about China's uh, ban on specific games and the way that the games have to go through an approval process pretty much since the end of last year. And whenever you're thinking about what this means going forward, I think you're beginning to see a transition from 
an, an open kind of market, one that was relatively open to one that is going to be more closed in China, even more so than it was before. Of course, this is still moving in the right direction of approving some games. This is not an all-out ban, but to tighten up uh, the content that could be included is, of course, encroaching on people's creativity, but on top of that, also limiting the entire gaming industry in that specific region of the world. And so whenever you're considering what that specifically means going forward, I think it could actually have global implications because companies do want to tap into that Chinese market and of course for games that are focused on hitting a global market to be able to impact uh, you know various demographics around the world that's going to be a big value that goes into development and so that could impact games that you and I might play here in the United States and other parts around the world however interesting to see this story continue to unfold and of course uh, still unfortunate because especially for the indie developers it's going to be even more difficult to get your game into China even though your game might uh, very well be one of the biggest games in China let's just say hypothetically it's a game that takes off like wildfire to be able to get your game into the hands of people in that region uh, is incredibly difficult at this stage of the game especially if you don't have any kind of a uh, you know big boy name like Tencent or Netties to throw around but hopefully this is going to be a step in the right direction and more of this kind of deregulation uh, will take place. However, knowing China's past and the way that they deal with media, I doubt that's actually going to be the case. But I suppose we will see as time does continue. However, Fortnite and PUBG are now banned in Iraq. What's up with all these bans, man? The Iraqi government is concerned about the negative effects that games have on youth. The government of Iraq has voted to ban the popular battle royale games Fortnite and PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds because of their detrimental influence on the population. A Reuters report says the ban was put into place due to the negative effects caused by some electronic games on the health, culture, and security of Iraqi society, including societal and moral threats to children and youth. Moktada al-Sadir, a Shiite cleric and former head of the Mahdi Army, militia that battled government and U.S.-led occupation forces from 2004 to 2008, warned that PUBG is addictive and caused on the government to ban it last week. What will you gain if you kill one or two people in PUBG? It's not a game for intelligence or a military game that provides you with the correct way to fight, Al-Sadir wrote in a statement released last week. Reaction to the ban was widely negative, according to the report, but not because people are angry that they can't play Fortnite. They may be, but the real issue is that the Iraqis apparently see the ban as an emblematic of government's misplaced authorities. While Iraq continues to struggle with sectarian violence, inadequate infrastructure, and political instability, the country's parliament has only managed to pass one piece of legislation since sitting in September of 2018, a 2019 federal budget law that was passed in January. The Iraqi ban follows shortly behind a ban of PUBG in Nepal, which we talked about a couple of days back, although Fortnite is still okay there as far as the author knows. Uh, but nonetheless, interesting to see this kind of thing pop up and also how it could actually lead to some social unrest because of, you know, uh, pretty much inactivity from the government over there in Iraq. You kind of are poking it with a stick saying, hey, do something. It's kind of one of those things. Uh, so hopefully these bans don't last forever. Again, we've already seen ones, uh, bans in India that have begun to kind of fall apart because they're difficult to enforce, quite frankly. Uh, in a way, it's kind of like banning pot. People still kind of just do it, you know? Uh, so of course, gaming a little bit different. You can track that via the internet. It depends on how the government wants to go about doing this. Uh, but 
all of these governments getting into banning gaming and 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 all these new initiatives to kind of control the populations uh, i think this of course is a negative thing as anybody would agree with however i think it speaks to the power that gaming does bring as an entertainment medium and also a way to bring people together because to have this kind of movement around gaming of course there is some danger of addiction but again if you are responsible with the amount of time that you play uh, and you do what you have to do to be a functional member of society there is no problem with gaming uh, and I think that's pretty much the point that I want to make here I think there's something bigger going on here uh, one that is not necessarily a conspiracy but uh, the idea that gaming can impact people bring a, a different skew on life bring outside perspectives potentially in the case of China uh, it has a lot of power to it and I think that worries governments and so Again, we can hypothesize, we can talk about what may be, but what is right now is that, number one, China has prohibited a lot of games, and on top of that, Fortnite and PUBG are now banned in Iraq negative to say the least uh, however speaking of fortnite epic has banned over 1200 fortnite world cup players for cheating and one player even tried to cheat in the semi-finals you'd think that an event as high stakes as the fortnite world cup would have participants on their best behavior but that's apparently not the case epic has revealed that it banned more than 1200 accounts for some form of cheating during the first online only week of the tournament most of those 1163 received a two-week ban for bypassing regional restrictions and trying to play a multi Multiple areas 196 of them had to forfeit prizes they had won as a result another 48 were banned for account sharing nine of which lost prizes while one received a 72-hour competitive ban for intentionally disconnecting there were also a handful of more serious allegations Eight accounts received bans for teaming or making unofficial alliances with other opponents. Only one had to give up prizes, but it's still serious. There's also one unnamed person who made it all the way to the semifinals but was permanently banned from the game after they were caught using cheat software in the first five minutes of the tourney. There's still a ways to go in the World Cup, whose finals don't take place until July the 26th. Its second week is just getting underway with the first round of duos matches. In that light, Epic's report on account bans serves as a warning. It's hoping that the next wave of players will keep things clean. Epic's bid for esports glory depends heavily on a smooth World Cup, and that means discouraging players from cheating in the first place. And this is a big, big deal uh, because Fortnite is a massive esport around the world, and the World Cup is uh, pretty much one of the first instances where you see uh, just a giant global focus on Fortnite as an esport. And I want to talk for a minute about why Fortnite works so well and why I think it has the potential uh, to be one of the biggest esports in the world. And that's quite frankly because in the same way that you can simply sit down and pick up Fortnite and start playing and understand what's happening, that same kind of principle applies whenever you're talking about watching it as an eSport because it just simply works. You understand what's happening. Enemies shoot at one another, last man alive wins, and essentially you build in between that. Of course, there are elements that go into the gameplay in between that, but it's very easy to understand. It's a simplistic game. And so I think that with that power of being just a global eSports powerhouse, you have to ensure that your competition is actually on the up and up. People cannot be cheating in these games. And of course, there's always the risk of cheating whenever you have any kind of money on the line because people want that bread, man. Uh, and so to be able to ban over two or excuse me, over 1,200 people uh, within that first couple of weeks of the World Cup is, as this article says, sending a message that we don't deal with cheaters. Uh, and on top of that, also showing that the World Cup is serious. People are actually playing because they have skill. They're playing for money and they're playing to win. And uh, don't bring your cheats, your disconnects, your teaming, whatever you want to bring. Leave it at home 
and come and show what you're actually made of. Uh, but I have been watching a bit of the Fortnite World Cup, I won't even lie. Uh, of course, everybody pokes fun at Fortnite, it's become a very mainstream game, and that's whenever a lot of people begin to disconnect that are tied to the hardcore uh, gaming industry. And so, I didn't watch it for a while, I haven't played Fortnite probably since, I would say, late December maybe, something like that, but I will admit, it's a fun, it's a fun little uh, piece of content to watch. I'm a big fan of the World Cup, specifically watching Dr. Lupo as he commentates. It's a big, a big thing that I've been doing recently. Now, I've been playing Battlefield, but again, I'll watch a little bit of Fortnite from now, uh, between time and time. However, for those that are fans of Castlevania, there's a big anniversary collection coming down the pipe that includes one unreleased gem. This is going to be great for those that are fans of the retro game. Konami has revealed a full set of games to be included in the Castlevania Anniversary Collection, and it includes a ton of classics along with one game officially coming to the West for the first time. Coming out on May the 16th for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, priced at 20 bucks, it's a pretty good deal. The latest additions that complete the lineup include Castlevania The Adventure, Castlevania II Simon's Quest, Castlevania Bloodlines, and Kid Dracula. The Adventure was the franchise's first released on handheld devices, and Simon's Quest introduced RPG mechanics. Bloodlines was a Genesis game that complemented the SNES Super Castlevania 4, a lot of games here, uh, which is also in the collection. The gem of the collection may be Kid Dracula, a cartoon spinoff that released on the NES in 1990. Konami boasts that it was previously unreleased outside of Japan, but the adorable little cartoon vampire adventure probably doesn't technically count as Castlevania canon, unfortunately. So the entire list is as follows. Castlevania, Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest, Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse, Super Castlevania 4, Castlevania the Adventure, Castlevania 2 Belmont's Revenge, Castlevania Bloodlines, Kid Dracula, and you also receive a bonus ebook. And of course, you can check out the emulation as handled by M2 over there on the PS4, the Xbox One, the Switch, and the PC starting on May the 16th for a really good price of 20 bucks. Uh, but Castlevania is a foundational uh, element in what made Metroidvania games popular today. Of course, as the indies have seen a huge surge in the past couple of years, a lot of them are Metroidvanias. A lot of them are roguelike Metroidvanias. And so, uh, to be able to go back and experience some of the games that really did kind of build the indies as we know them today, pretty cool. And for 20 bucks on the Switch especially, uh, this is a glorious deal, a fantastic deal. Uh, one that I think could be a big seller without a doubt for those that are fans of the classic retro games. Uh, however, did want to mention it, and of course with Kid Dracula coming to the West for the first time, pretty big deal nonetheless. I'm sure you can find it in some kind of emulation format, but hey... It is what it is. Now it's out officially. A documentary is coming down the pipe. Raising Kratos is going to be coming to PlayStation's YouTube channel to chronicle God of War's development. Sony Interactive Entertainment is producing what looks like a full-length documentary chronicling the development of 2018's God of War, and you'll soon be able to watch it for free. Judging from the trailer, the documentary looks to follow director Corey Barlog and the team at Sony Santa Monica as they set out to reboot the God of War franchise for the 2018 entry. There is lots behind the scenes, excuse me, there is a lot of behind the scenes footage shown with scenes of actors recording motion capture scenes from the game, conversations between Barlog and the development team about their approach to the reboot and more. The documentary is billed as coming soon to PlayStation's YouTube channel. The final shot also looks to be new CGI footage of Kratos, which could potentially be a promotional shot for the documentary or even 
hinting at a sequel. And so we will see what happens with this thing right here because I love a good development documentary. Uh, before I jump into this, I do want to say if you are not following Noclip on YouTube, uh, it's Danny O'Dwyer's company that pretty much chronicles development across the industry, goes in, uh, focuses on specific games, specific studios, stuff like that. Really, really good channel uh, with a lot of cool movies I would even call them out there right now uh, but with Raising Kratos I think it shows uh, just how big God of War was and is and will forever be because before 2018 God of War in my mind it was never taken seriously now it was taken seriously for many people it was and continues to be their favorite PlayStation franchise but to go into 2018's God of War with the expectation of a God of War from 2005 it's just two completely different experiences. It's something that brings more to the table. It has more value, has more cultural value, in my opinion. And so to be able to see how that game came to be, to be able to follow that development process uh, from beginning to end and see how they ended up where they did, that's going to be fantastic. I will, without a doubt, be watching this whenever I find some time because, hey, graduation and stress. Uh, but, again, big deal right here if you did want to check out what happened behind the scenes to make 2018's God of War. But if you don't want to do any of that, then you could just want to sit down and bust some people up in Street Fighter V, and it's free to play for two weeks starting tomorrow, April the 23rd. Starting tomorrow, April the 23rd, all the way until Sunday, May the 5th, Street Fighter V Arcade Edition will be available to download and play completely free. The offer is valid on PC and PS4, though PlayStation Plus is required for online play on the latter. The trial kicks off at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and keep in mind that launch is not simultaneous worldwide, with Europe going live a bit later than North America. You will not be able to preload it, but the download will be available a few hours early at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 p.m. Eastern Time. All base game content is available as part of the trial, including 16 base game characters and 4 DLC characters. And of course, you can find a full list of those down below. Owners of the game will also be able to use the same 4 characters during the free trial, assuming they do not already own them. And of course, this is a fantastic opportunity uh, to try out one of this generation's biggest fighting games. Again, a lot of fighting games have come out this uh, for this entire generation, uh, but Street Fighter V Arcade Edition is without a doubt a pretty good one. I would say not as popular as something like Street Fighter IV. Of course, going back, not as popular as earlier entries in the franchise like Street Fighter 2 uh, but again not a bad one and of course I love the art style of Street Fighter and again it's free like I always say if something's free why not dive in and give it a shot uh, so if you do want to check out Street Fighter 5 again free between April the 23rd and Sunday May the 5th and that is a trial not no not not no you're not adding this to your library you're just playing it. Make no mistake. However, that does round out today's episode of Caffeinate. If you did enjoy today's show, be sure to drop me a like down below. And of course, if you want to check out the show live, it's available on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams five days a week, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern time if you did want to check it out. But it's up on podcast services and youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media as well. But until next time, you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. I will talk to you soon and peace.